Hello, everyone. Welcome to One More Question, a podcast we make when we need to entertain our random friends. My name is Dashiell Mace, and with me today is... Daniel Newton. And we also are joined by a special guest, one of our good friends, Logan Ulrich, who is a bit of a subject matter expert in what we want to talk about today in regards to our key question, which is, will the NFL exist in 15 years? And specifically, we brought him in to talk about concussions and injuries in the NFL, something he's researched for the DTH he writes for the campus newspaper. And you can also look up his stuff on profootballspot.com. He writes about the Carolina Panthers. So, Logan, give us a little bit of background about what's happening today in the NFL and injuries. Mm -hmm, Absolutely, Daniel. So for the past 10, 15 years or so, concussions have been an increasing area of concern for the NFL as injuries have increased both in the NFL and the college and the high school level. Um, There's been, in recent years, several players who have committed suicide and been diagnosed after their death of having um, CTE, which stands for something medical that I can't remember off the top of my head, but basically all of these hits um, that they accrue over their careers um, accumulate and eventually cause mental problems, dementia, early-onset schizophrenia, and uh, really detract from the quality of life these players have. And uh, the NFL has been aware of this problem. They've been working to um, fix the image despite a lawsuit by the players uh, claiming the NFL didn't inform them of the risks inherent in playing the game before. So helmet safety has become an increased priority. Rule changes have become a priority, um, including on kickoffs and um, making it illegal to contact a defenseless receiver uh, helmet to helmet. Right, I think all that stuff is great. We should be learning about it. But I think in recent weeks and even days we've seen something new emerge and that players are starting to turn away from the game and I think that's a fundamental shift in the conversation that we have about the NFL. Mm-hmm, certainly these past couple of weeks um, there have been three three players off the top of my head young guys um, Patrick Willis from the San Francisco 49ers 30 years old one of the best linebackers to play the game for the past decade. Um, you also had Jake Locker who's a quarterback for the Tennessee Titans um, hanging up at the age of 26 and then Chris Borland, also a linebacker for the 49ers, just came off a tremendous rookie season and at 24 uh, decided to call it quits for good. And this, um, we see players retire every year due to injuries or other concerns, but this is the first time we've really seen players this young retire, citing injuries and Borland specifically talking about like their fear for their long-term health because of playing this game. Right, it seems to be a preemptive move, which is different from anything I've seen before. Yeah, great. I think one of the reasons we're seeing that is a change in the understanding our culture has of masculinity and of sports and of this idea of being tough. Being tough is no longer this idea of, okay, well, you go out every day and you get head injury after head injury and you damage yourself over the long term, but at least you didn't give up. We're starting to get this understanding of we need to take care of our bodies. We need to you know, if you think you're going to hurt yourself, you need to stop. Think about, you know, large exercise trends like CrossFit or P90X. Those things are very clear. You know, don't, if you're starting to hurt yourself, don't push it. It's not this idea of, you know, back when it was Rocky in the boxing gym, you got to hurt yourself. It's this idea of, no, we need to take care of ourselves. And I think that's one thing that's pushing this trend. And the second thing is these ideas are very viral. This whole uh, football players being injured because it gets to two things. One, 
is fear. If you turn on the local news, there's always these terrifying stories or even the national news. Oh, the one food that's giving you cancer. So it combines that kind of fear with also involving a large number of high profile people like sports players who we consider as celebrities. So it's got that fear element and that famous person element that make it really sticky. I will add, Dash, all this uh, concussion concern isn't only affecting the NFL, it's affecting football at all levels. You see um, players who play high school football every year in North Carolina. Um, there's usually at least one death that comes from, may not be head injuries, but it could be dehydration or things. Um, you know, football is an inherently violent sport. And when you put a player in there who's not physically ready to handle that punishment, um, anything can happen. There's definitely been some analogies with the Roman gladiators. As a, as a society in America, have we evolved past the brutality of pro football? Are you not entertained? That was a great quote. You know. <laughs> so those are some concerns. What are some potential solutions for the NFL can implement in the coming years to prevent it from becoming like the gladiator games in ancient Rome? <laughs> Well, there are some things we've already touched on today, uh, specifically a cultural change uh, about a lot of times these concussions weren't diagnosed. So while players may only be officially listed as having one or two concussions, uh, surveys by researchers have found out they endured a far much more punishment than they are was actually written down. And uh, there's been a real targeted shift towards a, a mentality of changing, you know, if you're hurt, if you're not right, if you get up dizzy, if you get up shaken up after a hit, you know. There's no shame in coming out. And uh, in the NFL especially, there's a, um, a next man up mentality and uh, players are you know, playing for their jobs. And you know, if you go out, there's no guarantee that the person behind you isn't going to play better and uh, you're not going to get your spot back. So that only adds to the pressure of um, hiding concussion sim symptoms. Yeah, that's a great point. There are a lot of talented people that would love to play professional football. So I don't think that the danger for the NFL is finding people willing to play the sport. I think it's can they sustain the tremendous audience they have and the sponsors they have because it's all about the money. If the American public decides, hey, this is too violent, uh, we don't want to support this and they get in touch with the sponsor of the NFL, then I see this becoming a problem. But today, I really don't think it's keeping Roger Goodell up at night. Yeah, that's a really good point, is targeting the sponsors, because the sponsors are the real ones who can't deal with controversy. Any of the companies that are donating money in order to be featured, one of their primary goals is to avoid risk. All they want is positive exposure. If they start seeing negative exposure by being associated with the branding of the NFL or any football organization, they're going to pull money so fast, because just like there are a lot of people that want to play pro football, there are a lot of people vying for those sponsorship dollars. Right. And so getting back to the question, how do you solve the head injury problem? I see two potential solutions. The first is technique, teaching players to tackle better, not leading with the head, uh, enforcing rules uh, to protect players. All of that is, is being put into place. It's not very radical. But I think one interesting thing to think about is what if we got rid of the helmet? So the argument here is you make football a little bit more like rugby and that you don't let players wear a weapon on their head to target other players. And this seems counterintuitive. In order to prevent head injuries, you get rid of the helmet. But the argument for it is that the concussions, the long-term brain damage is due to a steady stream of continual small hits that build up over time 
as opposed to one big colossal hit. And getting rid of the helmet removes that blanket of security, that false sense of security that players run around with, and by getting rid of it, you can actually keep them safer in the long term. What do you guys think about that? There's certainly uh, a give and take with the helmets. Um, did a little bit of research before this. The uh, modern professional football helmet as we know it um, was instituted in the 1960s, um, invented a little bit before then by uh, Riddle, you know, in, inventor of uh, Riddle helmets. And the, uh, the trade-off was plastic helmets, bef now you get the accumulation of a lot of hits over time, so it's death by a thousand cuts, whereas before you were far more likely to suffer traumatic spinal injury, traumatic head injury, just because the helmets weren't protective enough um, in the heat of the game. So you're trading a sudden violent death on the field for a slow, painful descent into madness later. Yeah, and that kind of makes sense if you think about concussions in a sport like soccer, where they're constantly having headers hitting the ball. Each of those headers is very small contact, but they count up and they do create problems with concussions, even in sports like soccer. So to wrap up, just play video games and don't play sports, kids. Uh, that's that's my that's my <laughs> technique. No, I, I think sports are really important for society, but I do think we need to think about the long-term implications of the consequences of putting our body through these really rigorous things. Mm -hmm, certainly, and I would also add there's still plenty of research still to go. Um, you, you know, UNC itself is uh, one of the leaders in concussion research. They've been doing research for the past decade on um, football students here, and they've recently expanded it to um, athletes across all sports and all platforms. Um, I had the opportunity recently to write an article about the research they're doing covering uh, men's lacrosse specifically which has been brought up as an alternative in youth sports for football. And um, research shows that while it's behind football and hockey, it's still the third highest in terms of like, causing concussions. So the, like, the main point is, no matter what sport you are, you're doing, safe technique, be safe, that has to be the focus. I mean, even if you're playing flag football, it's possible <laughs> to get injured, right, guys? Uh, yeah, for for reference, Daniel tore his ACL and Logan dislocated his thumb the same season on the same team of flag football. Mm -hmm. Two weeks apart. <laughs> yeah. Well, you win some, you lose some. Uh, I don't think the goal in life is to just be safe all the time. You gotta take some risks, gotta have fun with it, so mm -hmm. go out and seize the day, carpe diem, mm -hmm. and we'll see you guys later.